1: wherever podcasts are available. Beyond and hello, everyone. My name is Jonathan Dornbush, and this is Beyond, episode 604, IGN's weekly PlayStation show, where we occasionally talk about PlayStation games. I'm joined this week by Tom ricardo marx have i guessed that before probably but probably. no it's still
0: wrong All that'd right. be right that'd be a weird hello. one uh, hello hello
1: <laughs> also joined by lucy o'brien hello hello lucy glad to have you here yes it is good to be we're here. also what joined is, what does the o stand for oh ophelia oh, okay oh, cool i was gonna say original
0: i think part. it's o ricardo
1: <laughs> o ricardo and we're also joined by Brian Altana. Hi, good to see you guys. Welcome I back, this. Brian. Thanks for having yeah. me. You've been well, gone for uh, quite a while.
0: A lot, like a, like a month.
1: Yeah, where, <laughs> where where have you been? Tell us of your world travel. I went to
0: Belgium to shoot an episode of Fast Travel, which is our travel show here at IGN. You should watch it. It's our this will be our eighth episode. Uh, it's basically a travel show for nerds and gamers and geeks or whatever weird derogatory terms we assign ourselves for enjoying things finer. <laughs> nature such as retro game stores and Ah, comic book shops uh and then i went to gamescom which many of you saw was a long and grueling show (laughs) with many farts and then i went to mexico for vacation which was nothing like the other things did you find any game stores there none no 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 video game references whatsoever at all it was (sighs) kind of nuts it was good though
2: they got to get their act
0: together. exactly Oh, come on, guys. But
1: we're glad to have you back.
0: Good to, It's good to be back.
1: And uh,
2: Lucy, you're back. I am. I did not do as much traveling as Brian, but I was in among all the farts at Gamescom.
1: (laughs) Uh, And we'll talk a bit about what you guys saw and did at Gamescom. And then, of course, Tom, you've just you've been here since the beginning of time. You haven't left, but you have been reviewing Monster Hunter World Iceborne. I did do that which
3: for we'll as to. long as you, for longer than you've been gone. <laughs> yeah, you played it a lot like of It feels like you've that. been That's working true.
2: on that review for since I was born. Like I yeah. I came into the world and it's like you were sitting there reviewing that game. Well, it's cuz I did and I talked about this on the show, but I spent 3 weeks
3: replaying the game on PlayStation 4 cuz I had like 100 hours on PC and I put 70 something hours in on PlayStation 4 before I started playing the Ice, Iceborn for review. Oh my god. Yeah. How many
1: I, hours did you put into Iceborn? would you say?
3: Uh at least that many? Okay. It's probably around there by the time I like reviewed it, but I'm definitely not like done playing so it.
1: So you're anymore. not that familiar with the game? No,
3: you know, okay. it's gotcha. surface level stuff. Yeah, <laughs> really. fair.
1: fair enough, understandable. Uh, we'll get to your Iceborne impressions in a bit and how your review went and all that. Uh, for reference, if anyone's wondering as well, uh, Max is still out. He's on vacation right now. He'll be back eventually. And as he started a new segment last time he was on, we'll find out what's in his pockets when he returns. Uh, that is a real segment that Max began and then forgot about. And then we got on air. And Max was like, uh, "Headphones." What was in his pocket? Like a live bird. <laughs> Just headphones. headphones. Oh, yeah. He he meant to do something and then forgot to put something funny in his pocket. So he had headphones.
2: My clipic. <laughs>
1: uh <laughs> we'll find out maybe what else is in some of our pockets. But in addition to that, we're going to be taking a trophy test a little later uh, until dawn. So look forward to that. Uh, but first, let's dive into News Crunch. <laughs> a lot to talk about this week on News Crunch. the first thing i want to talk about relatively within the time that it still is relevant but you know not as often as it could be uh we usually miss the free playstation plus games per month they usually get announced the day after we record i think that was the case this year but uh they go live today as we're recording so the day before this goes up uh the games for september are batman arkham knight and darksiders three cool month which is a pretty reasonable month. Uh, 2015 is when Batman Arkham Knight came out, whereas Darksiders 3 actually came out last year. Um, There's a new Darksiders coming out this year, but it's not a full like proper numbered title. So if you missed out on the third entry, this is a really good excuse to go back. And of course, if you missed out on all the fun of the Batmobile, and Batman Arkham Knight. That
2: was the only drag. That's the and only... Like, like, I, 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 still, yeah. I look back on that game and I'm like, wow, that has such... like So many great moments in that game, but then it was just so bogged down by all the Batmobile stuff. But I Ugh. think
1: for me, especially going back and I'm sure Barrett Courtney, if he's listening, will tweet at us all about it, but um, I think there's a lot more that's great to Arkham Knight that we don't talk about it's true. because everyone was so much the Batmobile. But like, yeah. It's true. The Joker-Batman relationship in that game that I don't want to spoil for anyone who might be jumping into it with PlayStation Plus, is so good
2: in that game and it's, it's so, so it's so organic it's done so organically yeah. mm-hmm. like i love that part of it it's like you feel like you are sort of experiencing this world and telling your own story and then suddenly the joker is in a place that you just sort of never expected to see him yeah it's very cool
0: it's also like that's a game that i think everybody was critical of at the time for several reasons one because we had gotten a like pretty awesome Batman game every few years, and this one came along and just moved the needle in the wrong way. Mm-hmm. Um, but it has been so damn long since we've had like a actual big Batman game like that that maybe it is worth revisiting, something that you didn't really like to begin with. The other thing people didn't like was that it cost $60, and now it won't because it's on PlayStation Plus. So removed Are you the thinking
1: money. of the... Arkham Origins for the 60 bucks, or were people actually mad about the price then?
0: No, I mean, just that it costs a lot of money to be disappointed.
1: Oh,
2: okay. That,
0: which it yeah. doesn't on PlayStation Plus. Yes. That no, should be true. the tagline.
1: <laughs> fair point there,
2: yes. You know yeah. what? The only reason that I remember the Batmobile stuff so vividly is because there was one particular puzzle, and I forget...
0: The winch in the tunnel on the one you hang up? So, yeah, of course. I think that I,
2: I, I, think that, like, I was I hate like, that puzzle. I think I was almost... And I know this is a terrible thing to say. I'm an adult woman. I should know better. But I think I was so frustrated at that part. I was, like, near tears. And I had to, like, walk away. I was just, like, I was swearing. I was, like, slamming. I was, like.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you had to basically bring the car. This is not a spoiler because it's too stupid to be one. Um, (laughs) You basically had to bring your Batmobile up the wall of, like, a giant toilet. And using the winch. By pulling it up this wall, and it just kept getting stuck on things. And it was just like <laughs> it was such a weird idea. It was also the same summer that we were yank- yanking on trees uh, in Uncharted Four with the winch, I believe. Yeah. Um, so That's it was a, a yeah. Yeah. after, was yeah.
1: Weird um, year, year for winches. We gave Arkham Knight a nine point two, so obviously there is still a lot to love there. Oh, I think for yeah. me, my biggest problem, I weirdly don't remember that aspect, but I just remember one specific, or maybe there were several. I think there were several where just like the Batmobile is, it's a stealth action sequence like we yes. kept having to stealth around other cars with the batmobile and it's like yeah. these are giant moving vehicles and yet you have to be
0: quiet we also we we constantly have that conversation about batman and does he kill does he not kill this game you know he obviously doesn't kill because he's batman but he destroys everything with his car they, yes and he shoots bullets that are apparently rubber but also wreck stuff yep um hits people, but they I guess they're okay. Yeah. Like, yeah, there's a lot of that. That's so.
1: that's like the real problem when it comes to superhero games where it's like they're not killing, but uh Lucy and I will talk about this a little later. We played Marvel's Avengers and It, it just severely brain him Yeah, no. the, the Hulk is just smashing men into the concrete. Yeah. Yeah. Like Thor's hammer pushes a man's chest inward as he gets slammed into a car. Like they're dead. They yeah are, definitely yeah
3: well, i that's, appreciated I, I, I appreciated spider-man right yeah i was just about was, to yeah. say kick people off buildings and, and there's that web. little like web that comes yep. and saves yep. them yep. yeah even though again you're slamming like manhole covers into people's oh, heads also they, <laughs> yes you but, you know, whatever their lives you are not, not worth living walls. anymore yeah. like
2: no life for like <laughs> mr grunt who's yeah. just making no. a, a manhole if a, cover to the face if a teenager
0: drop kicks you from the top of the empire state building you wouldn't be fine <laughs> like it would be a it would be a bad day.
1: <laughs> I would I would love if some developer out there made a game that was it was just a quick game from the perspective of a henchman and a superhero game. Mm-hmm. And it's it's like in the skate games where you see how much destruction happens to your body, but basically how badly you get beaten up and how yeah. you can survive until Well the-
0: because like usually they get beat up the same way whether they're like a boss with like a gun or they're a guy that's like, I guess I Yes, I'll rob the grocery store.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I have
2: a metal rod.
1: Yeah. That's it.
2: But there's this, like, a guy standing there in a the shield? park with <laughs> a red jumper, and yeah. it's like, oh, I better, <laughs> better destroy his life. <laughs> <laughs> bit of shit on his day now.
3: No. This is a little bit tangential, but it the, the whole do superheroes kill thing is so funny to me, especially in like the MCU where three seasons of Daredevil and two seasons of Jessica Jones on the Netflix shows were all about like, we can't kill people. We can't kill people. Yeah. Tony Stark just has a laser gun like that's just what he uses. Yeah. Like, yeah. No, none of the MCU heroes in the movies care about killing people, and mm-hmm. no, all they talk about in the TV shows.
1: There's one, and again, this is a, then we'll get off the tangent. Um, <laughs> Age of Ultron actually got a lot of flack for the Sokovia thing. Oh yeah, because they saved everyone, but they're still like, but still, that much of the Earth coming back down would cause so much murder. <laughs> yeah. And so, in the yeah. opening of Civil War, there's the opening scene where it's like Cap and Scarlet Witch and all these people saving from a building, and Cap very specifically, like they go down. Zoom in on him, and he's like, Save all the people in that building. And that was like very specifically to be like, See, they're not murdering, they care.
0: There's also <laughs> all the people that return, the people that return from Thanos' to snap in a place where, like, then in five years, they built a building and they got clipped into like a wall, like a Bethesda game. Yeah. Or like, it's yeah, a lot of bad problems. deaths yeah. that yeah. happen. Yeah.
3: Yeah. <laughs> people there. who are like mid flight, and then suddenly they come back and the plane is gone, and they're, and they're sitting the in there holding in the an air. iPad. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> with they for... oh All I'm saying is... Aww. Yeah. It gets Batmobile dark. can shoot people and I'm like not going to fault it. That's, yeah. anyway, That's true. Anyway, speaking
1: of games where someone improportionately kills a lot of people, wanted to briefly mention also Uncharted 2, Uncharted 3, and The Last of Us uh, multiplayer servers are being shut down on the PS3 as of today as we're recording, so by the time you're listening to this, those are down. Um, obviously... The Uncharted on PS4 and The Last yep. of Us Remastered on PS4 still have multiplayer servers. I believe they're actually going through a update patch to be able to, one, hopefully bring in a lot of new people that are coming on and be able to support that. Uh, but those servers on PS3 are shutting down. So if you've enjoyed those multiplayer servers, I actually played a lot of Uncharted 2 and Uncharted 3 multiplayer back in the day uh, and a bit of The Last of Us, which is... Way better than you would expect. The Last of Us, the Last of Us
2: multiplayer was surprisingly good. It was really fun, and it
1: still has a really dedicated audience. Like they, because there are like major. There are only like eighteen trophies in that game, and two of them are like for beating the campaigns of the multiplayer, which take like dozens of hours. (laughs) So people are like there to help people getting into it to be able to get through all that. So it's a really cool community that still exists there. So if you are a player of those games on PS3, there is still a community for you there on the PS4. I really, Uh,
0: I really appreciate the like. Trophy Sherpas out there. <laughs>
1: yeah, <laughs> I love it as a thing.
0: Helping people decades later get over the mountaintop. It's, it's really beautiful.
1: It ties in really with kind of how the Monster Hunter community seems to be with these new games. But we'll... Huh? We'll get there later. Casey yeah. Casey just helps people. Oh, yeah, yes. <laughs> Casey, true, Casey helps people. Uh, did want to bring up, though, uh, games that you will be able to play again soon. Uh, Aladdin and Lion King, the classic mm. uh, side-scrolling games, are coming back in a collection that is coming, I believe, this October for PS4 as well as Xbox and Switch, but of course we won't talk about those. Um, the collection includes multiple versions of each game, so oh. to read those out. Yeah. I, I find I this so that.
2: weird because I grew up um with the well it was called the mega drive in new New zealand but you know the genesis versions um uh why is that amusing
3: um like the the cough i think gave it a little bit of shade that maybe i think you weren't intending yeah it
2: was yeah like when people are like
0: yeah i was (laughs) hanging out with my my friend (laughs) (laughs) bullshit
2: we had the mega drive yeah um and so I only play the the, the Mega Drive versions. I never oh, played okay. the Sega versions, and I'm really interested as to this grab bag of versions that they've chosen for this particular re-release. Yeah,
1: yeah. So there's a group uh, of. I'm writing down a curse that I have to bleep out. Don't worry about it. Oh, sorry. Uh, no, I no, thought no, I kidding.
0: bleeped it with my hand.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll listen back to the audio. We'll find out. Anyway, uh, the list of versions that are included for Aladdin it's the Sega Genesis version the Game Boy version and the Super Game Boy version, something called the new Aladdin Final Cut, which we don't really know what that adds, but there's a new sort of like deluxe edition of it, as well as the Aladdin Trade Show demo, which is a demo version of the game that has not been publicly available since 1993.
0: So not the Super Nintendo version.
1: Not the Super Nintendo version. But
0: (laughs) but a demo they had at like CES 40 years
1: ago. uh, (laughs) Yes, exactly. That's so weird. The SNES version as Sam Claiborne, who wrote the story for us, because who else should have written this on staff, but (laughs) Sam, uh, noted that uh, also has the distinction of being designed by Resident Evil creator Shinji Mikami, or is that the Genesis version?
0: Ooh. Probably the Genesis version. I'm going to look that up a in a second.
1: But anyway, other than that, the Lion King will also get the Sega Genesis version, the SNES version, and the Game Boy version, which also includes the Super Game Boy version.
0: Oh, cool. So um, that That's a very hard game, by the way.
1: Oh, yeah. Lion King? Lion yeah. King was oh, Lion King. rough. What
2: was that well, one where you were jumping guess... up a waterfall? I
0: can't... Oh, that one... I, Almost cursed again. I hate that level. <laughs> There's the one I can't wait to be king. We have the to giraffes. jump on the animals. The drafts. Yeah, heads. the
2: are It's so just odd. that weird, like really finicky precision of like back in the nineties where platformers were like, okay, you kind of have to go back and then forward. Yeah. In the in midair. Yeah. It's like click click.
0: Well, like Sim- it's
2: not one smooth jump.
0: Simba had like a weird like rhythm to because he's got four legs, which is mm-hmm. weird for platformers. Yeah. Um and like the animals in the game or the, that help you in the movie do not help you in the game like when you jump on an animal's head in the movie he's just like oh yeah keep doing your song oh, the, and in the, the game they're just soon
2: like, to be king yeah. <laughs> the in the game it's
0: like i'm going to put my head down and you're going to die
3: <laughs> uh, well the nice thing is and i mentioned this on mdc too but uh, it's going to have rewind and save states yeah. so Good. in that terrible terrible level will probably significantly easier to get through as you save-scum your way past the monkeys. But, yeah. I mean, let's be
2: let's be fair. Like, most of the people, like myself, because I immediately pre-ordered this, most of the people who are buying these games are doing it for nostalgia reasons, not because they want to put themselves through that punishing, like, no-save experience. Right. Again. I mean, I might just be speaking for myself, but, like, for me, I just want to, like, go back and experience the levels and hear the, like, little 16-bit music and really enjoy that and not have to, like... Be weeping? because yeah. I've grown soft in my old age. No, same here. You'll I remember, cry at Batman Arkham Knight. But, this is uh, not the line. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This
0: is an interesting collection because it's like it's a fraction of sort of the iconic classic Capcom Disney games, and we've gotten we got a couple in the Disney Afternoon collection. Mm-hmm. So they're sort of like they're eventually getting them all out there, but just in in like weird groups. Yeah. But I'm okay with that as long as they get re released.
1: And, yeah, as Tom mentioned, there's a few new features. Uh, They call the save state thing the interactive game viewer as well, where you can basically watch the game and then pause at certain areas and just jump into it. Oh. Mm. Yeah. Um, So stuff like that, uh, updated visuals that you can play it as was originally built and all of that. So, yeah, a lot there if you've never played those games. Uh, As we've mentioned, good luck with the difficulty. When's that that out? Uh, That is out in October. I believe there is an exact release date, but let me find that. Vamping for time. That's okay. Everything's good. No, nope, it's take too late. O- October's now. good enough for me. I'm gonna find it for I don't October need the other 29.
0: Information. You're doing Ooh. fine
1: for 29.99.
0: Oh, perfect. There you go.
1: Moving on from that, I uh, wanted to bring up a story last week, but uh, a lot has happened in the last week or so, and that includes Telltale sort of returning. Weird. Yeah. So this is a weird one where Telltale Games. As a company, the name is being revived, but the company itself and all the employees that were working there are not necessarily coming back together. Um, The new Telltale Games is being run by Jamie Otteley, I believe that's how you say it, and Brian Waddle um Audley was the founder and ceo of galaxy pest control which worked with such licensed properties as duck dynasty and power rangers while waddle had previously ran sales and marketing for the havoc game engine uh they confirmed that quote some workers from the original telltale will be offered freelance roles with full-time positions possible in the future um but that is not necessarily indicative that the whole creative team will come back of yeah. any of these games um And in terms of licenses that they may have access to, that really depends on which companies have allowed them to renew those licenses and which have not. Obviously, something like Minecraft reverted back to Microsoft um, and things of that nature. It seems, though, they may still be able to retain the rights to the Wolf Among Us um, among some of their things, such as original Telltale games like Puzzle Agent. Um, But yeah, it's, it's a weird case where the... Telltale we know doesn't exist anymore, but the name Telltale will now still exist. And it's they're going to try it's to. like
0: Toys R Us. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Where it's like it went away. Everyone lost their jobs and every, all, all the, the audience was really sad. And then a couple of months later, somebody was like, let's bring it back. And you're like, we're kind of still mourning, and also a lot of people are still angry at you guys for like not handling this correctly.
2: Yeah, I sort of feel like I'm in, you know, there, I've seen two camps of thought. Like one is that it's awesome that we might get a Wolf Among Us too because that particular game was so good, um, and you know it's awesome that these licenses might have the chance to live again. And then you know there's people like me who who, who sort of feel like this is kind of like Telltale's been buried in the pet cemetery, and then it's come out. As like yeah. it looks like Telltale, but it's different and it's a bit wrong because you know of course it's not going to be the same company and it's not it's not it's not even just not going to be, be the same company. It's 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 going to be completely different. Right. It's it's not even that to
3: say like it's weird to say the company has been revived is misleading. The brand has been revived. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Somebody somebody has essentially purchased that brand and whatever as you mentioned, whatever licenses licenses it has retained and are just using those to make games that they see as hard to make without the Telltale name, which is fair because nobody really made games, not many people made games like Telltale Games to the point where, I think they even mentioned this in their announcement, mm. that like Telltale is basically a genre, right? When you say it's a Telltale game or it's like a Telltale game, you know, to the point where it's even confusing to people where like a... Uh, 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 what what's the, the one that I'm totally blanking on for people that make uh, Life is Strange? Right? Yeah, oh, Life oh, is Strange yeah. is a game where you're like, oh, that's basically a Telltale game, and yep. that word has sort of transcended the company. And I think that's what they're capitalizing on here is that they're reviving that. They're reviving that recognizable, quick sort of thing where you can say, oh, Telltale is making this game even if it's completely not the same people and not the same vision
2: and not the same everything else. It's yeah. just a shame because that also, you know... It's such a cynical sell to me because so much of the reason that I loved Telltale games weren't necessarily because of their the engine or definitely not. Um, you no, know, definitely <laughs> not the engine. Um, or you know that that particular genre, if we want to call it that. Um, but it was because of the the humor and the storytelling. And it's, I it's think, the
0: it's the writing, it's the art yeah. direction, it's the voice acting. Yeah. I mean, to get all those voice actors together. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're we're friends with a, a couple of them ever since. Like just covering this industry for the last few years it's it takes a lot to get that band back together mm-hmm. you know it's not just the logo so mm-hmm. it, and there's it's, no
1: clear sign to what extent they will get a band back right. together like mm. obviously them saying there will be opportunities for some former telltale employees we don't know does that mean five employees does that mm-hmm. mean 100 like there's such a weird extent there and then when it comes to the creative teams Are you just going to perfectly reassemble a creative team? Is that like their focus? This new company its really unclear where they go from here to make it still feel like telltale games beyond just saying like it has choice.
0: Is it better to get like if you have a favorite TV show that got canceled after two seasons, is it better to just leave it or get closure in quotes from like an entirely new team of people who are going to sort of drag it to the finish line? Well, it's,
1: it, like, I don't want to see The Wolf Among Us get Community Season 4 right? basically. Like, <laughs> no, exactly.
2: Or like, The Simpsons passed anything Season <laughs> 10. Yeah, it, yeah, it's
1: a very weird situation, and yeah, I think for anyone who's excited for Telltale to come back, I understand that excitement, but I do think you need to like set expectations that, one, we don't know to what scale they're looking to make games, but also what the actual tenor of these games is going to f- feel like. It's yep. very strange. Um, moving on from that, though... In some more lighthearted news of a new game being announced, uh, Shovel Knight Dig has been announced. Yay! Uh, a new Shovel Knight game, which is uh, being co-developed by, and I'm going to find this. Nitrome. There we go, thank you. Uh, Nitrome is working in conjunction with Yacht Club Games, of course, the original makers of Shovel Knight, um, for a game that follows Drill Knight and, quote, his dastardly digging crew blasting apart Shovel Knight's peaceful campsite and stealing his loot. Uh, Shovel Knight then grabs his shovel blade and begins chasing after them. Players will, quote, jump, slash, and dig their way down an ever-changing chasm of mystery in Shovel Knight Dig. So basically like uh, SteamWorld Dig-esque mm-hmm. or Dig Dug-esque.
0: With a little bit of uh, Downwell.
3: Yeah, down-well, a little bit of that. Yeah. Apparently it's infinitely replayable. They said that it's got handcrafted levels that are stitched together, so I think that it probably is going to be some sort of roguelike experience or roguelite or whatever you want to call it. It'll be able to you'll be able to play it a bunch of times and it'll change every time.
0: We, we got SteamWorld Quest this year, mm-hmm. which was cool, but... I'm more of a SteamWorld Dig guy, and SteamWorld Dig 1 and 2 are like two of my favorite Metroidvanias ever made. Um, so I'm excited for this. this is, it's, it's cool to see them doing more stuff under their studio uh, besides this and the... What's the other game they're putting out? Cyber Ninja or whatever. Oh,
1: yeah, the game oh, they're publishing. Right. Yes, yeah. yeah i um, yeah, I'm totally that. butchering
0: the name of it, and I'll get called out for. It, but it's, it's nice that
1: yeah, like Yacht Club is kind of taking on this more umbrella focus than just making Shovel Knight and then making more Shovel Knight. Yep. They're yeah. co-partnering with people to make Shovel Knight.
3: And Nitrome, uh, uh, Nitrome is a studio that might not jump out at you. Nitrome was one of my favorite flash game sites back like probably a decade ago. And all they do is they just made like they just made these really beautifully pixelated. Pretty bite-sized games, whether they were platformers or puzzle games. They made all these different kinds of things, and they just made a ton of them. Like, they just made a bunch of games, and you can still go to their site, and if you have Flash installed, still play their (laughs) games. Um, And a lot of them really, really hold up. So it's really cool to see this because it's a developer that has a long, long track record of making, you know, not every one of their games was a winner, but, like, making consistent games that were pretty and had a vision and just were, like, fun. That's awesome.
1: Yeah, it's exciting to see them, especially knowing Yacht Club's pedigree to join up and see what they can make together. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so that should be exciting to see. We don't have a release date yet, but more Shovel Knight is always a great thing. And I know the show for a long time has been a big proponent of the Shovel Knight franchise. So excited to see what comes next. Right. Uh, beyond that, um, a sequel to Man of Medan was teased shortly after its release called Little Hope. Uh, it will apparently be released in 2020. Uh, a trailer for this was revealed. Um, it apparently came originally after the Man of Medan credits, so I guess slight spoiler if you haven't finished Man of Medan, which Lucy has because she reviewed. I did. Um, the trailer, I guess some spoilers, uh, though these are. it's an anthology series, so not too much of what happens in Man of Medan. The trailer features Banner Snatch and Midsummer's Will Poulter as Andrew and appears to be set in a creepy town called Little Hope. A young girl with a doll can be seen dancing around a fire, and Andrew's friend Angela is shown to be in trouble. Uh, beyond that, there's very little in the trailer of what it is. Um, Lucy, you played through Man of Medan how many times for the review?
2: I played through twice. Um, and I played through like some co-op as well, which was a really fun way to play it. Um, I mean, it, it's, it's like a lot of people are sort of upset and... Well, why do I even, you know, a lot of people are upset at me because of this review, like, surprise. <laughs> um, a lot of people are upset at the fact that I called out, because, like, I, I enjoyed it. I gave it a seven. Um, I thought it was it was really good, uh, but I think that it lacked a lot of the charm of Until Dawn. And what I, I think what I liked so much about Until Dawn is that it, um, it, was, it reveled in its horror tropes and therefore kind of, like, felt a little bit, like, postmodern, I hate using that word, but like it felt, like, a little bit, like, you know it was like screen the video game it was messing around with tropes and and having fun with like very familiar settings and scenarios and characters uh and i think with madame dan it was it was very it was sort of much more muted like mm-hmm. the characters weren't particularly
0: less campy yeah it was yeah. less
2: campy and therefore it was a little less interesting because it was just like oh okay these are i don't really uh, these characters aren't really speaking to me i'm not getting a lot of i'm not really getting a lot from them the scenario is you know it starts off really slowly so that was my main criticism and people were like "Well, oh, you know a horror game shouldn't you shouldn't be docking points for it not being funny and it's like no that's not <laughs> that's not the <laughs> point i'm making what i'm trying to say is like it's just lacking that like because horror comes in all different flavors you don't just horror isn't just relentlessly scary because come on like there's some games are, can be relentlessly scary, and that's awesome, but like, not everyone wants that experience. And I think with this interactive storytelling kind of uh, stuff that um, uh, Supermassive is going for uh, is, you know, they're so good at telling those, those stories that really play with the genre, and I just felt like this wasn't in the same way. Mm. But I still, with that said, I still found it really fun. I still really enjoyed uh, seeing how many ways I can kill these characters and <laughs> how many ways I can save them and... And also playing with a friend is such a great experience because you don't know how that friend is going to react, how that yeah. friend is going to control that experience. So you don't know, you know, are we in this together to save all of these characters or are you going to go rogue and just decide to yep. mess everything up? And that's a really fun co-op experience to to have. And I had a, I had a really good time with it.
1: So you feel like, probably there's a decent base here for this anthology series because every story is going to be different. So it's possible like the setting or the characters may connect with you more next time.
2: Yeah, I guess, I guess like another thing that would have been really cool to have seen Supermassive done is, is go through different genres of horror and again, like play through like, cause until dorm is very much slasher. I mean, I know it didn't end up being that way. Spoilers. Um, but, you the know, setup the setup yeah. and the tropes that it explored was, were very much in the slasher genre. Yeah. And it would have been really cool to have seen of uh, Medan sort of explore something else. It kind of, like, it was a little bit like sci-fi horror. It was a little bit like Event Horizon-y. Um, you know, like, oh this 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 ship is alive kind of thing. Which was cool, but, like, I just, it wasn't quite clever enough mm-hmm. for me. And I know that sounds really snobby, and I'm probably going to get Played alive in the comments, but like no,
0: it's a, I mean horror is tough in video games. It it's is tough. It's, yeah. I mean, it's, it, I'm playing Blair Witch right now, which is not on PS4, but same same sort of deal. Where I'm just like stuff that works in film. Um, such as, you know, them running around disoriented doesn't necessarily translate well to a video game. That actually becomes a frustrating experience. So, um, and I I appreciate what you say about like different types, different genres of horror, which in itself is its own genre. I don't think a lot of people think about it like that. I think they're just like, is it scary? Yes or no. And it's 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 not that binary. Yeah. Yeah, there's also, there's creepy, there's unsettling, there's disturbing, there's stuff that doesn't have any jump scares at all that you walk away from like horrified. There's stuff like, you know, hereditary, which is just downright drenched in disgusting nightmares for hours. And then you watch Midsummer, and you're like, oh, that's not that's not doing the same thing. But holy crap is weird and creepy in a totally different way.
2: Yeah. And even then, on the other side, you've got movies like Child's Play and like Cabin in the Woods and all of these other kind of genres that are uh, very much. uh, There's a lot of levity there. There's a lot of humor there. There's a lot of playfulness there. That doesn't mean they're not horror movies. So yeah, I find I find the kind of black and white argument that there, sh- there shouldn't be levity in a horror video game quite mm-hmm. frustrating.
0: Um, a black and white horror movie I want to see is The Lighthouse. It's coming
2: out this Ooh, week. Oh, same. Yeah, really so good. good. But yeah, I, I'm i really looking forward to them playing with more genres, and I'm pleased that this is an anthology because I want to see more.
1: Yeah, I, I'm excited for them to... I'm curious how long into development they are on this next one obviously they're looking to do these pretty quick turnaround wise but they already have four or five ideas in place i believe yes. so seeing how maybe they can adjust course over the course of the next couple will be very curious to see
2: uh, but I'm i would love more. to honestly i would love to write one of those things it'd be so much fun mm-hmm. cut to a year from
1: now lucy's like today is my final day <laughs> <I> mean,
0: <laughs> The woman of wombadath
1: <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, no. Oh. I don't know Not why oh. I like that <laughs> phrase. Uh, well, Lucy, <laughs> uh, before you go off to write uh, one of the anthology, uh, what are they called? The...
2: The pictures Dark anthology. Pictures mm-hmm. Anthology.
1: Uh, before you go off to write one of those, hopefully you will be around to find out what the secret new Resident Evil project is. Uh, Capcom's teasing a new RE with a reveal at the Tokyo Game Show this September. Uh, there was a teaser website that came up last week that had a title on it that said Project Resistance. Obviously, the RE in it were highlighted, so Resident Evil. Um, this has led to a lot of speculation of it possibly being a new Resident Evil outbreak. Uh, I have no idea of Resident Evil Outbreak before all this discussion. Um, is anyone on the panel a fr- fan of that?
0: I played it ages ago. Okay. It was, um, I would say, in terms of the endeavors that the Resident Evil franchise has made into multiplayer, it was one of my favorites. Gotcha. It was one of the ones I liked more. Um, it was focused like
2: first foray into co-op?
0: Yeah, because it, it felt like the most grounded in the single-player games. Yeah. It still had, like, sort of tanky controls. Um, but you you kind of work together on stuff instead of being like I forget what it was Was it Operation Raccoon City was the first person shooter mm-hmm. it so, was just yeah. like a, aggressively bad <laughs> just it, it was just like oh let's make Call of Duty money um, so I hope this is not like one of those like oh we're, let's get you know let's get Call of Duty money let's get Battle Royal money I hope this is something more interesting um, selfishly we just got Resident Evil two this year so if they do want to go diagonal with this. For a broader multiplayer audience, do what you got to do to make money as long as we get Resident Evil 3 and Resident Evil 4 remakes eventually. Well,
1: I do like, we've all been talking about like, where do they go next? Uh, Resident Evil 8 or Resident Evil 3 remake? And I like the yeah. idea of like, no, what if they divert course and do another really big yeah like, new diversion of the Resident Evil franchise? And maybe it's like, they kind of know the momentum they're working with and I don't think they would just take a risk on something they don't believe in.
3: Yeah, yeah no, totally. I, I agree, but counterpoint Umbrella core. Right? Like, yeah. the, I love Resident Evil 2 Remake, and I honestly will be excited to some degree for kind of whatever comes next in this series because I think they're doing so, so well recently. But the scary part of it not being Resident Evil 8 or Resident <laughs> Evil 3 Remake is that their spinoffs have not always been slam dunks they haven't always been successes they've experimented with stuff and failed which is great i would i love that a developer with a franchise that's this venerated can take risks Mm -hmm. and screw up and still keep going i think that's wonderful but it is like a little bit like it gets me a little bit nervous that you're like maybe if they go some other direction it's going to be another kind of like bum one
2: but you know, like this kind of a of watered down because umbrella yeah is very much like a watered down kind of but it was fine yeah mm-hmm. it, it, it's not you know i'm still excited for it it's just like it, yeah.
3: it, i understand maybe that, that why there would be some apprehension especially when ret remake was just so such a good good single player experience and people are so apprehensive of everything turning into multiplayer nowadays sure. too yeah. I, I just kind of get all of that yeah. feeling
1: Yeah, I hope it can fill the Left 4 Dead 3 hole in our hearts, though, Mm -hmm. and maybe be that fun. Uh, Last (laughs) but not least, in News Crunch, just wanted to mention, unfortunately, Max is not here, uh, but Yakuza 7 was officially announced. Uh, It is changing up the formula in a big way because now battles are turn-based.
0: He is going to be so mad at this when he gets back from vacation. <laughs> I can't he's wait probably to probably not He probably hasn't looked at this. He's going to come home and he's going to find out that his favorite franchise is going turn-based, and he's going to be livid.
1: This <laughs> is like when uh, Cyberpunk tweeted at him and was like, Hey, Max, we have some excuses yeah. we all yeah. want to talk to you about. And he just wasn't around. Uh, what's really funny about this is, though, that they first basically teased this in a deleted April Fool's video earlier this year that showed um, the protagonist engaging in turn-based combat.
0: Why would you? Why would you fake people out with a lie on April Fool's Day and then make it real? I that think is that's genius. so funny. I love,
2: funny. It. I I love, love it. that. It's like, oh, here's like something ridiculous, oh, April Fools, and it's like a couple of months later. No, that was very serious. <laughs>
0: yeah. Hey, I mean, most <laughs> we're of investing the, a lot of money. Most <laughs> of the stuff in our fake Nintendo Direct this year is probably going to come true. Eventually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's
3: fair. That from
0: Donkey Kong's divorce cruise. The
3: thing I really <laughs> appreciate about this, and I think Just Max wait. Will, will take solace in, is. Uh, I really loved the kind of transparency that the development team had with this, where they were like, hey, we're going to try out this weird new direction. And if it doesn't work and people don't like it, well, it just won't do it again. Yeah. You know, yeah. Next one. And I like, love that. That's yeah. really wonderful that they're just like, yeah, you know, if you guys don't like this, like, that's fine. It's not like that is not cool. the
0: future of the series. Like, we're just trying do, something. Do yeah. we know? I feel like the audience response to this has been mixed. I've seen like some some petitions. Yeah, I almost said protests.
2: I,
3: I I don't know. I think that the <laughs> response I've a seen
0: turn based protest.
3: The response I've seen has not been as negative as you would imagine for a ter- or like a real time action game turning into a turn based RPG. I think uh, because and I think part of that is because the. So much of what people love about Yakuza extends beyond the combat, mm-hmm. and there's still likely going to be all the weird, like, karaoke scenes and weird other things to do in this game. Well, it's I like, I don't what know that for sure. It's but like, like what yeah. Judgment just
0: did, right. where it's just like, oh, we took this established thing and we went a little bit over here with it. Yeah. But it still mostly works in, in the ways you want it to.
3: Yeah. I, so I think that's what's muted the sort of like, knee-jerk negative reaction is that Yakuza's combat has always been important to the series. It's just like there's a lot more than just the right. combat.
1: Yeah. And if this game can still capture all of that, I assume there will still be a contingent of the fan base that is happy with that. Right. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's curious to see. But yeah, that was the the first thing I saw was the turn base announcement. And then the second thing I saw was the wonderful developer comments of like, yeah, we thought we just got Like, we couldn't really do anything different with the combat, so we wanted to try something different. I I love their transparency about that. Um, Yakuza 7 will launch on the PS4 in Japan on January 16th, 2020, and then release in the West later in 2020. And uh, I don't believe we mentioned this on last week's show, but if you want, Yakuza 3 Remastered is currently available on PS4, and Yakuza 4 and 5 Remastered are also coming to PS4. Uh, And that is it for News Crunch. So moving on from that, I thought we could talk a lot about all Oh. Also briefly want to mention 15 new minutes of cyberpunk gameplay we should talk about that briefly you know like cyberpunks is a pretty big game. Um 15 new minutes 7000 new screenshots on the site Tom. Yeah, 2, yeah, two billion screenshots. Roughly a lot of new two screenshots. Billion. screenshots. Yeah. 2 billion. Um <laughs> Uh, It showed a bit of the gameplay that we saw behind closed doors at E3, so if you haven't seen that, go check that out. Uh, It's on IGN and YouTube.com slash IGN, and of course, we wrote pretty extensively about all that stuff at E3, so you can find all that coverage there. Uh, But beyond that, I did want to move on to talk about a bit about what we're playing and what we've been playing and reviewing, and Tom, I want to start with you.
3: Iceborne!
1: Monster Hunter World Iceborne. Yeah. What'd you give it?
3: Uh, I gave it a 9.0. A bad game. Yeah, it's terrible. Yeah. No, it's wonderful. It is absolutely... Just (laughs) garbage. It's fantastic. Um, It is... The story took me... like The campaign of the game took me about 40 hours of playing through. And granted, some of that was... uh, the, The benefit of having time to play with, and it wasn't like a crunched review or anything, is that I could... Uh, play it at the pace I think most people will, right? And so it took me 40 hours while grinding for some gear here and there and going back and doing other monsters, helping my friends with some stuff when they were behind in it, you know, that sort of thing. Um, And it was, that—that that is comparable to the base game. It has as many, I think, around as many assigned quests, which are like the main story quests, as the base game. And it has not as many monsters but nearly as many monsters as the base game had when it came out.
0: That's insane. Yeah. Do you think they just they were like, "Oh, we'll make a small side thing." And they just it just kept growing.
3: I don't know. Like this is the main <laughs> thing is there's only like the 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 main area that they're adding is is the Hoarfrost Reach and like that is it, it's interesting that it's just this one main area compared to the what? Five that there were in in, in Monster Hunter World. So like it's and I talk about this in my review, which you can check out on IGN.com or on our YouTube. Um, it's not a sequel, but in ways it is, right? Mm-hmm. Like, there are, there are aspects of it. Like, if you're just talking about story content and amount of stuff in this game, it is the size of Monster Hunter World again. That's mm-hmm. amazing. But then when you talk about, you know, locations, it's not quite that. A lot of the monsters are subspecies and variants of existing monsters, which is... I was kind of bummed by, but I know that long-time Monster Hunter fans are more used to that. I've heard that in a lot of other expansions for other Monster Hunter games, generally what happens is there will be, like, two or three brand-new monsters and then some returning ones and a lot of subspecies and variants of monsters that exist already. Um, as someone who only came into Monster Hunter at World, which is, I think I've talked about this on the show before, nine, roughly nine million people, including me. I was one of them. yeah. Uh, because four and a half, I, I think I brought this up, but it's one of my favorite statistics. The best-selling Monster Hunter game before World sold four and a half million copies, and World has sold 13 million. Wow. So there are roughly nine million people who are fresh into the series from this. And I think those people, myself included, are going to be a little bit off-put by how many subspecies there are, because roughly half the monsters in the game are basically a monster you've already fought, changed, changed and remixed and they have new abilities and they have new stuff and that is really like they feel unique they feel fun to fight none of the fights in this game are bad by any means but there's no way that a subspecies of a monster you fought at the beginning of world's campaign can be as exciting as just a brand new
0: monster right isn't it weird how like with some franchises that's a big deal for people And then in something like Super Mario, they're like, the Coopers and Humas are back. Where are the Koopa kids? Bring them back.
3: Yeah. But, yeah, it's just, it's really wonderful. Um,
1: Was the subspecies versus new monsters thing, like, was that your biggest critique of the game? Um, Probably,
3: yeah. um, I think that there there are also some little issues here and there with, like, weapon progression. So... uh, the base game has eight tiers of rarity, which is like just basically the higher in rarity you get, the better the weapon or the armor is. Um it has eight tiers of rarity, and iceborne extends all of the weapon trees. It makes them so anything, any item you every weapon you have, or most weapons you have can then upgrade to be even better. And there are four new rarity tiers. And the trouble with that, they're all really cool and the weapons are neat and yada yada yada, but like the the fact that they had to stretch four rarity tiers over the same length campaign and an endgame, whereas Modernar World had eight rarity tiers to stretch over that length means that you feel like you're getting weapons slower because the materials you need to make them show up later or take longer to find. So the the progression in weapons, the progression in armor is still great, but the progression in weapons is like a little stunted. But again, those are really nitpicky issues, right? And they're nitpicky issues that probably people are not going to be super bothered by most of the time. Um, if you were one of those people that like barely made it to the finish line of World's Campaign, it's probably going to bug you that like you're not getting the best weapons you can into mm-hmm. the end game. But if you're one of the people who's put you know a hundred plus hours into Monster Hunter World and you're jumping into Iceborne to get this refresh thing, and you're going to spend tons of time in the end game. Then like it's not really gonna bother you that much.
1: Can you if it's spoilery spoilery we can skip, but can you talk at all about the end game of it? Because obviously Monster Hunter is so much about, you know, playing yeah. through but then also continuing to play. I can't okay
3: really. What okay. I can say, and I do this say this in my review, this will be completely non-spoilery. They do something, the the direction the end game has gone is completely unlike anything Monster Hunter World has done to a mm. significant degree. Um, and it's a really, really unexpected direction, and it's really, really cool. And it's worth getting to. Um, that's all I can say. I can't go into any specifics. Awesome.
1: But overall, you love the experience. The new monsters are fun to fight. Yeah, and it's
3: great. It's, yeah. Not, it's, it's one of those things that tries to blur the line between a sequel and, a, and an expansion, and it doesn't quite feel like a full sequel. Um, and there are things that bug me here and there, but overall, there's not, you know, there's something like two dozen monsters added, and there's not a dud amongst them. They're all great uh it's just it's just a wonderful expansion if you if you liked monster hunter world already you're gonna absolutely love this and if you didn't play monster hunter world you just should because now the game <laughs> just doubled in size pretty much because now they're selling it together where you can get iceborne in the base game for 60 dollars oh nice that's so awesome it's just like a and and again monster hunter is monster incredibly intimidating franchise and world is the most accessible it has ever been
1: yeah and to play Iceborne, you do need to complete World, correct? Yeah. To yeah, get that's... into the
3: Iceborne content, you need to have beaten the story of of World, which, if you're rushing, takes you about thirty to forty hours. If gotcha. you're if you're going at a well, thirty hours if you're going fast, forty hours if you're like playing a little bit more like a normal human being, <laughs> or <laughs> um, if you have Casey Defridis just like power leveling you through, as you said, then it can take you less than thirty. <laughs> yeah,
1: that really helps. Uh, well, your full review is up on IGN. The video review is up on IGN.com and YouTube.com slash IGN. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, please check that out if you haven't already. Lucy. Yes. Over in uh, ye olde Germany, mm-hmm. you played a little game that I played in Seattle, which was much closer. I made a much shorter trip than you did to play this <laughs> game. But uh, we both I was played. Say,
2: like, sweating, like, my hair plastered yeah. my face. Like, <laughs> I had
1: a two-hour flight. I read It. It was wonderful. Um, uh, you, read you read it in, in two, hour. in two I, hours? I didn't finish it. I was reading jumped it. Jumped down his throat and kicked his
2: butt. <laughs> <laughs> Good.
1: God.
0: God. It's yeah. a big book is what it's we're trying big to say.
1: It's put it in many hours. <laughs> many hours. You two did not apparently read the message of the book. <laughs> we got to the part where the bullies made fun of the kids and then stopped. You'll float
0: anyway.
2: too. Oh.
1: I'm I'm really enjoying that book. Anyway, uh, we both played Marvel's Avengers. Yes. And then also learned a lot more about Marvel's Avengers. Yeah.
2: Uh, So much more. Yes. So much more. So
1: before we jump into that, I do want to say we've talked a lot about Avengers on the show, uh, mostly from the point of view of everything we saw at E3, which was the game demo that is now publicly available. They released it in conjunction with Gamescom. You can watch that demo. Lucy and I played that demo specifically. Uh, We played that bit of the game. Uh, That demo includes the new footage they included for San Diego Comic-Con which seems to tease uh, Kamala Khan but we played that game so we've played as each of the five Avengers we've seen it in action then learned a lot more about how the game works um, with some extra footage and stuff and I came away and I think you did similarly of oh boy I wish this is what they had shown us at E3. Yeah it was
2: such a strange demo insofar as I was like this is just so much information because we had the actual like demo that you know was shown behind closed doors, but we could play it, and then we just got like half an hour info of info. Yeah, and it was just like, Whoa, and uh. it's like
1: costumes and skill trees and how the world works and how missions work and if you were wondering about microtransactions and story and all these things and it was like. Oh, so the thirty articles we wrote at uh, E three would have just not have happened if we yeah. Oh, right,
0: because you're like, well, how will microtransactions work? Here's what we think, maybe. Yeah.
1: And they were just like, and you will be able to buy some of these costumes in the store. And We're like, oh, oh.
2: Okay, I mean, we go. and to Two Squares credit, I do feel like it's probably like they're probably a little bit like, oh yeah, we probably should have done that in the mm-hmm. first place because this is a bit dumb.
0: Um, so top level, do you guys feel better about it?
2: Much, much better about yeah. it. I still think it's. I still. There's an uneasy sort of feeling in my chest where I'm just like, oh, it's trying a lot. It's trying to do a lot. You know, like mm-hmm. I, I came away from chatting with Corey Barlog when he was uh, recording Beyond for our God of War, like, end of year best overall game thing. And that I was. That was like, the exact title. You yeah. Got it right. Yeah. I couldn't We're have, really I, bad I, I at it. Game, game of the yeah. year. Game of the year. Why did I just watch Best Overall Game Thing?
0: Especially Broke YouTube. I, yeah. Best overall, overall Game
2: term. Thing. Um, <laughs> And I just remember, like we were chatting, and it was just like the reason that God of War was so good is because it did, it did like a couple of things really, really well, and it just focused on those two things. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I feel like Avengers is just trying to do so many different yeah. things, um, and I worry. And again, this is just this is just. My personal worry, I, I hope it won't eventuate like this, but like I worry that it's going to spread itself a little thin. Yeah, mm-hmm. I,
1: I think it could. I, I, I have a feeling this is a game where there are going to be parts of it that are amazing, yeah. and then some parts of it that I'll probably in time just kind of ignore or pass over. Um, I'd love for it all to be fascinating. But yeah, I agree with you. It feels like they're juggling so much and I'm excited to see that ambition, like actually getting a sense of just how the campaign and how replayability of it is structured. They showed us behind closed doors and it's something that before they announced the game, we were all talking about like Marvel's destiny. Is that what this game is? And it kind of is. But after seeing what it is, I like that idea. Mm. Yeah. So they showed us essentially the world of the game. you the Avengers will all operate out of a like downed helicarrier, um, and you have like a world map, and the world is divided into different. Uh, geographic areas and so they showed us the american southwest um and they're like this is a campaign mission you go there and it is a specific mission designed for a specific hero yeah and so it's a hero there.
2: yeah i think the correct term is like hero mission yes and then yeah. there's war zone missions war
1: zone missions which are the ones you can play yeah. in co-op that are the ones where you're all getting together and doing big action set pieces but they also do have a bit of world building and lore in there and then they also were like, there's all these other icons on the map, we're not going to tell you what those are, but you can see that's a Black Widow icon, so chances are that'll have to do with Black Widow, and it's like, oh, so that's probably like a lighter replayable or quick solo mission that gives you maybe a bit of her abilities, like it gives you a way to easily increase her, or a way to find out more about her story.
3: The the complaint about it trying to do too much is such a real, real worry too, because if you were just talking about Arkham Knight and the Batmobile, and it's like if they're trying to make every one of these heroes play differently, mm-hmm. which hero is going to be the Batmobile, right? Like which one of these heroes is you're going to be like, ah, another Hulk mission, damn yeah. it. Like, yeah. and, and if you're not able to choose in those those kind of critical path story missions there's gonna be a hero or two that just isn't as fun as some of the other heroes and you're gonna have to play through their missions I am
1: happy at least though that the missions are designed around those heroes
3: Yeah,
0: well, because that's my lot, yeah.
1: my worry was that the campaign was gonna be because this was unclear even at E3 like you could choose whichever hero you want go through the campaign with them because then missions would have to work for all five of them mm-hmm. Right. right. Like, you know like the Hulk is more ground level whereas Iron Man could just fly over everyone theoretically it's, so.
0: yeah it's definitely incredibly Ambitious to instead of doing a hyper-focused single-player game or even multiplayer game that's based on one specific character trait, like Iron Man, Spider Man, um, or doing something a lot more sort of comical, slapstick like Ultimate Alliance, which takes everybody and just kind of goes, "Oh, you have powers, but they only go this high." You yeah. Know? yeah. And like mm-hmm. um, to do something that's this that's scoped this like sort of gargantuan is. Really ambitious, I don't know anything about game design or a very you know tiny amount, but it seems to me like it's the kind of thing that like they might be like, oh no, this this kind of got out of our hands.
2: I mean, the more I think about it deeply, and again, I came back way more impressed by it than when I started E3, but the more I thought about what I'd learned, it kept breaking my brain in terms of like how far I understand game design to go. Because <laughs> it's just like, okay, so you've got five different characters, you are going to build... Worlds that will cater to one specific one in particular, but you're also going to ca- cater to oh. all of them mm-hmm. in these other areas where you will want uh, people to choose each different Avenger because you don't want four Thors flying around. Um, and you've got to have that be balanced. You've also got to have this like very robust loot system to keep people wanting to play because the whole idea is that they're just going to introduce more and more of these characters right. and it's just going to be a years, years, years like, ongoing experience. Yeah, so mm-hmm.
1: everything also has to, almost retrofitted, be able to support these future characters, which obviously they're planning some of these adv- in advance. It's not mm-hmm. like they're going into release being like, who knows who we'll put in next? But they, yeah, they were saying to us in our briefing, they were like, the new characters are not just going to fall into like the Iron Man class or the Thor class. Like the way these five heroes are supposed to play differently, the sixth hero will play just as differently, and the seventh will as well. Like yeah, it's supposed to keep multiplying.
0: And I guess what's, what is good about that too is for in terms of the sort of costume and cosmetics side, there's decades of source material, rather than something like Anthem, which you're like, oh, what do you, what am I going to get?
2: Like yeah, like I can get
0: Iron Man's colors. But like, wh- who is who is Anthem? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but is then, uh,
2: of course, on top of on top of that pressure, you've also got the pressure of like MCU storytelling and creating stories that are that feel as epic as what we've seen on the big screen, yep. because they are modeled. These characters are modeled so closely on their MCU counterparts, and it's just like, wow, that is a lot. That is a lot of like. Stuff to juggle, and that's just scratching the surface. And like we didn't even really find out about mm-hmm. like how co-op works. Oh yeah, there's so, so much left to it. Yeah. There's still so much we we have to learn. And and like again, I'm like I'm stoked. I'm really stoked that this is a much more defined game in my mind now. And I'm really stoked that they are trying so many different things. But also, I'm just like, oh, I hope you tread that tightrope.
0: Well, my 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 issue with that sort of aesthetically is that it does get close enough to the films in terms of looks, mm. but far enough from likenesses that it takes you out of it. And so I wish they had just gone artistically in a completely different direction rather than go at something that's sort of hyper-realistic and sort of like a lot of the MCU characters have this kind of like military, almost soldier-like there's like, that's the kind of art direction they went in. Right. Um, and I, I, I don't know if like going with something that was more cell shaded or cartoony or even different entirely would have worked. Uh, But the way it is now, it's like 50% like I'm watching the movies. And then I look at the characters' faces and voices... And it takes me out of that.
1: Well, this one's going to be weird too, though, because you can put a different costume on it. So, like, yeah. you can be looking at the Hulk, and it looks a lot. I mean, the Hulk generally looks the same no matter what medium. But like, you can put him in his Joe Fixit outfit, so he's in a pinstripe suit, mm-hmm. or you can have Thor be in a more classic, like
2: Norse-looking
1: costume than he is in some of the MCU movies. Uh, Which is
0: cool because I hope they let it get goofy. You yeah, know? Oh, like,
2: they're I think they're definitely going to. It. to it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's where the microtransactions come in because this, you know, I, I think a lot of the. Costumes you'll be able to earn in game, but like I think some of they're, they're they're really pushing hard for uh, costume, Cosmetic. And, and cosmetic stuff, and that's that's yeah. where yeah the marketplace will yeah get, get yeah thing.
0: I, I appreciate that because yeah, comic books are inherently funny. A lot of the MCU yeah. movies are lighthearted in parts. Um, yeah. There's great jokes in them. I mean, I was watching Endgame again the other day, and the scene where Ant Man loses his taco is just one of the funniest things I've seen in, in a movie in years. Um, and you look at like the Lego Avengers games, Lego Marvel games, and again Ultimate Alliance, and I think they do a good job of sort of kit bashing all of that nonsense together in a cohesive place, um, while still celebrating its coolness and kickassery.
1: Yeah, I, I will say I don't know if it's just because I've had to watch the demo like five times and then play it, I the like disconnect of oh the MCU versus how these characters look it didn't bother me as much good. anymore. anymore.
2: Um, yeah, so. I think when you you know it's it's a thrill to be. Playing as Iron Man, and it's it's just it's it's a thrill to be smashing stuff up as Hulk. Like it yeah. is, it feels it feels good. Yeah. Um. And another thing that like I just want to you know point out is that the um, the intro that we did play is very linear. Uh. And I did mention that in a video that was shot at Gamescom at the time. And I think people thought that that was kind of a complaint. It wasn't. It's it's just that uh, what we were promised is that the gameplay once it opens out is not going to be like that. It's going to be much more. Uh. You're going to have much more freedom. Um. But uh, you know this was just kind of like a. Appetizer yeah. of how the characters play, and it was really fun. It was very linear, but it it, it wasn't. It was a prologue. It was like an intro. So yeah, like...
1: I liked playing as all five of them.
2: Me too. So yeah, I'm... That's
0: that's like. The... Probably the best thing you could possibly say. Yeah. It, like At least for now.
1: Yeah. We'll see what happens. But yeah. <laughs> um, it was definitely so nice to just find out more of what this game actually is uh, during that period. Um, I also want to mention while I played Marvel's Avengers at PAX, I also got to play the PS4 exclusive um, Predator Hunting Grounds, which is the 4v1 multiplayer shooter um, created by the developers Ilphonic, who created the Friday the 13th game of a similar nature. Um, I played both as a soldier fighting against the Predator and then as the Predator itself. I won as the Predator. Nice. Oh, nice. Very proud, destroying all of my fellow uh, co-workers. her
0: I'm That's, a dad now. I make terrible jokes. I'm if, sorry. If
1: it's a great game, we can use that as the strap line. <laughs> um so the setup of the game is exactly that. It's 4v1. The four soldiers have a series of objectives they need to complete before at the end of the level that we were playing, at least in the jungle, you have to get to the chopper and outrun the predator. As long as one soldier makes it to the end, it counts as a win.
0: Um, <laughs> except for, which, for the other soldiers. Except for
1: the yeah, others, yeah, yeah. which happened to us. Our final soldier made it to the end. The oh, rest wow. of us were dead. Um, but the four of you are playing, there's a few different classes, like an assault class, a... Uh, sniper class, etc and you're you know having to turn on radio relays or having to hold down a specific location until something boots up things of that nature um there is an enemy faction of soldiers out in the jungle um but basically you are just a human soldier then the predator you play as the predator it, uh, it has the shoulder cannon as you would expect it has uh the arm blades you can turn invisible you can obviously scout from the tree tro- treetops you have heat vision um And you are much tougher, but by the same token, they do some things to balance it out that I thought worked really well. Namely, the Predator, all of its skills are based around, except for like, you know, just pure attacking, are based around one energy meter that needs to recharge before you can use it if you depleted it. So your shoulder can, and you can just do a lot of volleys with it, quick volleys that don't take up too much of your battery. But you can also do a charge shot, which does a lot of damage, but also takes up more than half the battery. So you can only really get, like, two of those off before you have to sit back and wait. Oh, wow. And if you get swarmed, the predator can go down. Like, it, it, they are not... under impervious to attacks. Uh, they definitely do have a lot more health, it felt like. Uh, as I was playing as the Predator, some of the enemy AI of just that enemy faction would be shooting at me, and it felt like nothing. It, like, picking away shots. But So
2: it should. You're the Predator.
1: Exactly. But then, like, three or four of the human playable characters started ganging up on me and were just constantly unloading bullets and it was like oh I there's all this green blood flying I need to run away and so the predator can pretty easily run to a tree if you see a tree trunk highlighted in red you can pounce toward it and then just climb up Oh wow, oh, that uh, sounds and then cool. any branch that you see in front of you it basically can parkour through the branches and if you see a red branch you can just press X to jump over to it uh, so you can do that while you're invisible to sneak away you can use heat vision alternatively the humans can cover themselves in mud so your heat vision can't see them so like for example when i was a human the predator attacked two of my uh cohorts who were like literally right next to me but he didn't see me because i was covered in mud and he was using heat vision so i went around him and started unloading into him from behind and then eventually he found me and killed me wow but um (laughs) There is a little bit of strategy there, which made it a lot more tense and fun. And when the predator comes in to attack, like it tells you you're being hunted. It's like, oh, I'm gonna die. I need to run. I need to hide. And if you get like stuck in a building, there's nowhere to go. Right. Like the predator right. At the end of the day, if it's a one-on-one match, unless the predator has no health left, you're probably gonna die.
2: I mean, that's oh, that sounds like my alley. It was fun. It was.
1: I really enjoyed it. As someone who's like kind of stayed away a lot more from shooter experiences pretty recently, we played these two matches, and you know, had we not been in the middle of a convention, it would have been one of those things where like I'd play a few more of these right now. Yeah, like I really was having a good time with that. On either side of the coin, because it didn't feel like as the four human characters it was impossible to win. Like it felt doable.
2: D- did it do anything different from evolved to make it, <laughs> to make it, I guess like evolved from evolve, which, which tanked so badly.
1: Um, I mean one, having the predator license helps yeah, like just true. knowing that you're being, there's a tenseness that, you know, if you've seen a predator movie of, Knowing the predator is out there, and then when it disappears, you're like, I have no way to know where it is. Like, you, you do have the friendly ability, um, you can spot it, like, you can basically uh, tell your friends if you see it in the treetops, there it is, and like ping it, um, which is a nice little system to have, but then it can go invisible and run away, and then you don't know, right? So, there is this certain like, you always know the predator is out there, but alternatively, the predator doesn't always know where you are, the predator. So when you start on a level, you have no idea where the humans are, so it's like I have to wait for some gunfire to start up, or I have to wait for an explosion to happen, or things like that. So, so,
3: so evolve sort of died for the asymmetrical multiplayer genre to thrive because Dead by Daylight, Friday the Thirteenth, a lot of these one v many games have actually gotten a lot more popular recently um, in the last couple of years, and and are pretty fun. I think one of the key differences, and it sounds like this is one that is taking to heart as well. uh, One of the reasons I think that these games have advantages over Evolve, and this is not a hard and fast rule, is the one hunting the many rather than the many hunting the one. Mm. In Evolve, it was this monster running away, trying to do things and getting stronger while everybody was constantly chasing it. In all these, in games like Friday the Thirteenth and Dead by Daylight and Predator, the many are trying to do a thing, and they're under constant threat. Mm, and yeah. it's like such a small psychological difference of like we need to do this quickly, we need to do this quickly, rather than we're constantly chasing this bullet sponge and it's always coming after us. Right, yeah, that's that, very true. That yeah. flip is actually very, difference. Yeah, very, very yeah, important yeah. in terms of how like frustrating the game is there well was said. a
1: constant tension while i was not the yeah. predator of like he could appear out of anywhere and i might die i really yeah. need to not stay out and like it changed the way i ran around the world and
3: when uh, he disappears you're not like oh, okay we gotta go find him right like yeah. you're like okay we can get back to what we were doing yeah
0: uh quick question does it take place entirely like in the sort of predator one movie setting is it just in our world or so they... we
1: were just playing in like a jungle setting mm-hmm. um it i don't know the scope of the game and i don't know if there's going to be multiple maps necessarily they haven't really talked too much about that or what the progression will be like it, th- there wasn't a ton of like story set up necessarily it did feel sort of like predator one esque for sure it felt like it was capturing that mentality the most cool um but i don't know where else it goes from there
0: i hope they do dlc or expand content for um predators which uh took place entirely on the predator planet oh and yeah had a bunch of like Soldiers and creepy people airdropped in to like almost a battle royal setting where they had to fight like predator dogs and other sort of
1: it Seems concepts. built perfectly, sort of, for that idea. Yeah, that'd so, be yeah. awesome. I, I'm curious to see what they do, but I liked it uh, way more than I was expecting to. Um, so, yeah, I'm super excited for that. It comes out in 2020. We don't have a full detail list there. Um, but other than that, uh, Brian, did you play anything while on vacation or anything? Games um,
0: I played through a small game that Tom put me onto. Called Far Lone Sales. Far Lone Sales. It's a a name I constantly forget because it sounds like a a, like a college. It's not a (laughs) great name. Yeah, it's it's not a great name, but it's a really cool, small, maybe like four hour long game about um this small character who has to essentially bring this gigantic boat car thing (laughs) across a desert. And it pl- it looks like a side scroller, and it plays like a little bit like what you you combined
3: Leverage in a Dangerous Space* time
0: and inside yeah, which comics. is I think the perfect description for it.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and it's a little clunky because by by the nature of you're dragging this giant arc almost across <laughs> the desert, um, but it's super charming and basically like little fires will will appear on your on your on your ship, and you'll have to put them out. You'll have to find gasoline to power it through, um, and you're basically rolling slowly through this dystopian landscape. And eventually you get a sale and your 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 vehicle can just kind of fly down and it's like very lonely and isolated but also really beautiful um and if, yeah it's it's on p s four so if you if you want to grab it on the cheap go give it a look because you'll you'll fly through it in like a Saturday afternoon it's like a nice little
2: experience
1: yeah it came out on p s four in April and just came out on switch so Tom you reviewed it for that yep awesome uh Lucy do you have to leave I us unfortunately
2: I do I am heading to New Zealand for a couple of weeks, so I will see you all shortly. Well,
1: thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Farewell.
2: Hi, how, do I do this, how do I do this? Just, smoothly?
1: just run. Okay. No, you're doing yeah, good. Just, you're good. Yeah. Um, Bye, Lucy. Bye. Have a great Bye, trip. Bye, Lucy. Uh, as Lucy leaves us, we will uh, move on from what we've been playing to just the last couple of segments. Uh, namely, we're going to jump right into, if the sound works, memory
0: card. <laughs> Shout out to Ronnie.
1: Shout out to Ronnie. We miss you, Ronnie. Uh, If you are listening, please send me more jingles. Thank you very much. Uh, But also, we (laughs) love you. Uh, Memory card is, of course, our weekly segment, and I'm going to find the memory card we're reading this week. Memory card, every week we read your funny, sad, happy, weird, whatever memories of your video gaming life. Uh, on the show, thank you to everyone who's been sharing these uh, with me. Thank you to everyone who mentioned the segment to me at PAX. Uh, I'm so happy to hear so many of you love the segment. Uh, we will continue to do it so long as you continue to send in stories. So if you have a story you want to share, send it to beyond at IGN.com with the subject line memory card, and we'll read those on the show every week. This week's comes to us from Theo. Theo says, Hey Jonathan and Beyond Crew, my dad has always been a PlayStation fan, and as a result, I too have played on these consoles with him. It was during the PS3 era Though that he developed a habit for going for the trophies and platinums in the games he played. At a younger age, I took little notice of trophies, most likely because I didn't play games long enough to care before moving on, and because they weren't on PlayStation before the PS3. But anyway, (laughs) don't worry about that, Theo. When I got a PS Vita, though, something changed in me. I quickly became obsessed with platinum collecting and started making remarks to my dad that I would one day overtake him. He would reply that the difficulty of the platinum should have more value than the quantity as I went for the easier games. That man has never met Greg Miller. Uh, For a while, (laughs) we said that we would create a book and use the PlayStation Trophy Guide difficulty as a scoring system for all of our Platinums. About two and a half years ago, coincidentally, when I started to get real close to him in number of Platinums, we started that book to sit alongside our PS4. Currently, my dad stands at 71 Platinums and a total of 275 points. I have 93 Platinums and a total of 283.5 points. Yes, that means I am winning for now. (laughs) Oh <laughs> The memories that our ongoing competition has created will stay with me forever. But this week I go into year 13, my final year of school to complete my a levels, to give me the grades to go on and study university next year. I don't know where I might end up moving to next year, but I know our competition will still continue and keep (laughs) us as close as we update the book with every platinum to come. Thank you all so much for listening. Theo from the UK.
0: That is so awesome.
1: I love, I love that they created a complex math system for a complex math system. Yeah. PlayStation created. Yeah. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah, trophy. There was a trophy competition back at IGN, like way back in the day before I started. Uh, which... I,
0: I I think I like I heard rumblings of that, um, and I was here at the time, and I was like, I'm not doing that. And mm-hmm. then the people that went in, I believe Scott Romley, who now writes and produces for the Star Wars show, won. Yes, but it was yeah. like Greg, Colin, I think Clements, Scott Romley, and Scott. I think it was just like everyone. Scott's one of those guys that's just like ultra competitive, <laughs> and he was just like he was playing it was like my, my or Hannah Montana dream catcher or whatever. I feel like I remember hearing about that on a podcast yeah the funny thing just, I re-
1: remember distinctly about that was the advantage Scott had over the others was that they had already played all the easy games for platinum yes so Scott could still get all of those trophies and would still count for the competition whereas Greg Colin and Clements had like not played those they'd already played a bunch no,
0: of it's games. like if it's like if three fit people and one overweight person <laughs> got into like a monthly weight loss challenge and they're like I'm trying trying everything and he's like aha i lost 35 pounds yeah. <laughs> i've never felt better um no I, I know recently there was that uh what was that mayonnaise game
1: oh i, I know what you're talking about you know
0: about this yeah. game? it's like a mayonnaise game that came to ps4 that it's just like one of the easiest platinums and the game was only like a dollar and you basically just like it's almost like a cookie clicker you just have to like
1: my name is mayo
0: yeah my name is it's, mayo. it's
1: 99 cents yep
0: and it's yeah. a pretty easy platinum if you're looking for one of those i personally don't i don't go for those unless i like I'm playing a game and I'm, I'm like, oh man, I, I'm I'm almost at the finish line. I might as well get the get the platinum. But this one, I, I am Mayo is basically like this mayonnaise jar tapping game where you just have to do nonsense to a mayonnaise jar and uh, unlock trophies.
3: I didn't realize that trophy games were a thing on PS4. Oh yeah, like like games like this, which are just designed specifically to to get you trophies. Because that's a thing on Steam where there'll be achievement games where. You log in and you get ten achievements, and you press one button, and you get ten more achievements, yeah. and you press oh, another yeah. button, and you get no. 10 more it's
0: achievements. it's sort of like those people who are like crazy for frequent flyer miles, and they'll book like incredibly short, but like they'll book like the weird ones cheap that work out. Yeah, yeah, weird cheap tricks that, uh, that uh, for flights that will get them like. Fifty thousand extra miles for for very little money. Hmm. Trophy trophy hunters are the same if you need <laughs> A lot know of them are. At least. Any
1: of those games, ask Greg Miller because he has yeah. all of those platinums. <laughs> I yep. think he has. A, he got his thousandth platinum recently.
0: I uh, think it's so. like I think bodybuilders would call that dirty bulking. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> but it, it, gets it counts the trophy right? level
1: up, yeah, it counts. Uh, my trophy level is perilously low, but uh, that competition back then and my love of trophies inspired our next segment which is trophy test Uh, because Lucy couldn't join us for trophy test. I am going to give her an honorary point. Oh, trophy test that's good. so she gets that's one that's
0: better than I might do at the start
1: uh, so trophy test for those who don't know before we wrap up the show uh, trophy test is every week I come up with a series of fake trophy names um, I will read for the contestants on the show the real trophy description and then give them a real and a fake trophy name they have to tell me which is the real name of that trophy
0: I love this game so um,
1: much. this is a joy for me to do every week and I love to mess everyone up but the fun part about trophy test is everyone is a winner in trophy test so every week I will give a gold a, pl- uh, a gold silver and bronze trophy and at the end of the year we will give out the platinum for trophy test uh this week's trophies are until dawn related so i have for you one two three four five six until dawn trophies mm. wow it's getting violent yeah just like until dawn unless you <laughs> save everyone anyway moving on these are the trophies tell me which one is real and which one is fake just tell me the real one. First trophy chris chose to shot chris chose to shoot ashley is that trophy called Fatal Grudge or Ashley Shoots? Fatal Grudge or Ashley Shoots?
0: It's been a while since I've played Until Dawn. Have I'm you-
3: going to go Fatal Grudge.
0: Yeah, but thats it's not fun if I pick the same thing as you.
3: Brian's locking eyes with me, and it really stresses me out. Can-
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'll go with Ashley Shoots, even though it's the opposite of what the thing I think you just said was, which means I'm wrong. Well... But.
1: Brian, you're wrong. Yeah, it's, it's Fatal gross. Yay! That was a thing I didn't think about when I was making these before coffee this morning. <laughs> moving on from that, Ashley Snapped and Let Chris Die. Is it Can't Snap Out of It or Ashley Snaps?
0: Ashley Snaps.
3: Yeah, I'm going to metagame this one and go with Ashley Snaps. You're both correct. Yes. There's, wow. You
1: All right. Uh, moving on from that one. All the girls... Wait, wait, wait. Yes. Just so we can clarify that. Did pre-Coffee Jonathan try to mimic
3: Ashley snaps, which is a real one, but making Ashley shoots? Yes. Yeah, so even even though Chris way? shoots
1: Ashley? Yeah. So normally, that's how I trip people up very easily in the first Amazing. trophies of this.
0: Well, I have news for you, sir. I walked right into it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Great job. Moving on from that one. Uh, all the girls survived until dawn. Warriors of the Night or Four Daughters of Darkness? Warriors of the Night or Four Daughters of Darkness? Which
0: is the real one? Uh, Warriors of the Night.
1: I'm going to go Four Daughters. The correct answer. Is four daughters of whatness? You made not up four. warriors
0: of the night. <laughs> yeah, that's so, you're so weird. Yeah, <laughs> I, this is what I look, like. Very understated about you. You're a very weird dude. I love you. for yeah, that. Yeah, it's very true. <laughs> um,
1: all eight friends survived until dawn. It's the name if, of the this one's game is called not
3: called until dawn. I'll be sad.
0: Survive the night, or they all live. Is he looking at the answers over there. No,
3: the, they're, they're he not can't tell. Yeah, they're not it.
1: listed.
0: Survive the night, or, or they, they all, all live. live. Survive the night
1: you're saying survive the
0: night yes. they all
3: live is so dumb that it might be real right? yeah it's really dumb they
0: that... haven't been so creative so far Fine. Warriors gonna, of the Night was the best go... one and it's fake Final
3: answers, I'm please. gonna go survive the night also
0: yes. you're both wrong it's they all
1: live
3: I knew it it was one of those dumb <laughs> yeah, answers yeah it's
1: really bad uh, going, <laughs> right? into the, going into the next one uh, Tom you have three points Brian you have one nobody survived until dawn the name of the game is it this is the end or seeing red? This is the end or seeing red?
0: This is the end.
1: Yeah,
3: I'm going with that too.
1: You're both correct. Oh, thank
3: goodness.
0: This you got to go different than me because then you'll lose points and I can, I can tie. But, te- but if I go I the win. same
3: as you, it's mutually assured destruction and I win no matter what.
0: It sucks. <laughs>
1: <It's> not <laughs> that's, that's not why I was doing it though. Final one. Oh, I, All, ha- I can't win. Yeah, but... You're above Lucy so that helps.
0: She's not here. She had 1 Lose point though. You were tied. She got a participation trophy for leaving.
1: <laughs> Final question. All the boys escaped death. Is it the quicker man as some may know the wicker man? Yeah. Or all the knights men?
0: I'm going to go all the knights men. I'm going to go quicker man because the other the we already went the warriors of the night it was not mm. not real mm. but I don't know.
1: Brian, you're correct. The quicker man oh! is correct. So I only lost by one point. You only lost by one point. The final Damn. score is Tom with four, Brian with three, and Lucy with one oh, for man. having reviewed Until Dawn, I believe. Nice. Does that mean I hold my lead? Tom, let's see where things rank. I'm going to check that. So please <laughs> vamp for me. Because
3: well, for some reason, I was in the lead on this, on this from the like- the, For
1: the year? No, you know, we started it? over since 600 because yeah. okay. I lost the math. If someone out there <laughs> has the math for me, I would greatly appreciate that. <laughs>
0: okay. Um, please don't.
1: If you have the math don't I'm winning. This is that's I not fair. I, I don't
0: think I've only been on one episode since 600 and I didn't win it.
1: Yeah, that's actually correct. I have to add you to this list. Hold on.
0: See, I'm not even on the list. That's how bad I'm doing.
1: <laughs> Give me one of
0: those uh Lucy O'Brien, you know, participation trophies me on there. Give me the bonus point.
1: Sure, why not? The, Let's do
0: Mario Party rules, matter. where like I landed on the most green spaces. And <laughs> Wait,
1: did you, he actually gave you a point?
3: Yeah, I did. Aww, he, he asked. Fine, I he didn't don't say have to he couldn't. You've been on vacation and Gamescom. You exactly.
1: You had nice some weeks you wouldn't have been able to, so I'm gonna give it anyway. Uh, I
0: hypothetically would have won.
1: So, uh, <laughs> from the lowest on the list to the highest number of points, currently at rests at Casey with one point, mm-hmm. Max with two. Uh, JR, Brian, and Janet are all tied with three points. Lucy with four points. And in the lead, Tom with eight points. What? Eight? Eight points. That's what... Seat filling while everyone at Gamescom
0: <laughs> gets you. Wow, Tom! This is dirty bulking.
1: <laughs> Tom, Tom's is. joined the show at the right time. When uh, anybody comes back from Gamescom vacation, I'm just gonna. It's just gonna.
0: Yeah, your yeah. your I am Mayo trophies are going away. <laughs> I should do. You gotta fight for the real ones now.
1: I should do I am Mayo for next week. You can take um, you can
0: take away my free point. I I'm not
1: that. going to. You asked. I, okay, I'll take it away.
0: You're gonna remind me of yeah. it at the end of the year, though. I don't want. I That's don't want to get true. like a some fake victory price. in December. <laughs> You're like, Brian wins or does he? Cause that's Mario party rules. And I yeah, hate it's
1: that. It's very true. Uh, anyway, thank you both so much for playing trophy test and dealing with my, uh, forgetting how to read a trophy and who shot who, <laughs> um, <laughs> Thank you all so much for listening to this episode beyond uh, episode 604 when we are not on the show. Of course, we are doing so much on IGN.com, YouTube.com slash IGN and all of our many social media portals. So please go to all those pages, read what we write, watch the videos we make. Uh, It helps all of us stay here and be able to do the show every week, which we love doing so much. Thank you so much for watching and listening. Uh, in addition to finding us in all those places, Tom, where can people find you? Uh,
3: I have an Instagram that posts exclusively pictures of, of pies. It's called beau Pies. Bo underscore pies. I don't, I don't follow that. <gasps> you
1: were mentioning that. I didn't know you were going to mention Yeah, them, I'm, so I'm mentioning that over Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Brian, as you look up Tom's Instagram oh, account, where can people find you?
0: Um, I'm at Brian Altano on Instagram. I put up a ton of pictures from like travel that I just did there, so if you're into that, go check those out. And on Twitter, I'm at Agent Pizzle.
1: And I am at J.M. Dornbush on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, before we leave, just want to also sincerely say thank you to everyone so much who, one, came out to uh, the PAX panel that IGN hosted that uh, I was a part of and helped put together. Uh, It was a huge blast to have everyone show up and to get you all to yell beyond, so thank you so much for doing that. Um, But thank you so much to everyone who came to that, who said hello around the show, who checked out anything we were doing there and in perpetuity check out what we do. It means so, so much to us that you do. So thank you for that, and thank you for listening. Thank you for watching, and as always, beyond. Beyond. Beyond!